This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod and so excited to be here with you this morning live. It is November 14th. I just want to say a happy heavenly birthday to my mom who's up there. My mom who shaped so much of who I was today would have been, I, I think today would have been her 85th birthday. Uh, which is crazy to think of. But, um, you know, I, the other day, good morning, Susie. The other day I was telling somebody a story about my mom and they were like, my goodness, this is like crazy. You should uh, write a book, do a movie, whatever. My mom was, and I reference a lot of times that my mom was born differently abled. My mom w was born with both of her feet club foot uh, facing backwards and um, had so many surgeries. They, they literally, when she was a newborn, broke both of her legs to reposition them. And then she was very much like Forrest Gump, you know, two um, braces on, on both legs uh, growing up and in crutches and on wheelchairs throughout her life. And it never stopped her. It never stopped her. And if you had ever called my mom handicapped or disabled, uh, she would have smacked you with her crutch and told you that she was very able and she was the most capable and able person that I knew. When I was four years old, I remember standing on the lawn and we could hear people screaming down the street across a very busy street. They were screaming, yelling, help, help, help. And uh, my mother on a pair of crutches, she said to the three of us kids, uh, she said, stay here, don't anybody move, don't go out into the street. And my sister was six, so, and my brother was two, I was four, so, you know, she was trusting that we were going to stay there. And um, my mother took off on her crutches across the busy street, pole vaulted over a hedge that was probably three and a half, four feet with her crutches, uh, went into the neighborhood where the screams were coming from, and there was a, a baby, maybe a year and a half, two-year-old baby, had fallen during a party, an outdoor pool party, had fallen into the swimming pool and wasn't breathing, had, you know, by all uh, counts was drowning. But my mother, um, you know, used her crutches and said, stand back, and went in and resuscitated the baby and the baby lived. I mean, like the news turned out to, and, and I remember people were like, so who's the lady who saved the day? And it was my mom who was in crutches. Nobody else was in crutches, but nobody else could save that baby. That's who I grew up with. So I was, you know, see, I'm going to get emotional. I was raised with the idea that anything you wanted to do, you could. And that everybody showed up on this planet differently abled and that that was not less. And that we should be mindful that sometimes... When somebody had challenges, they were physical and visible, and sometimes they weren't. And my mother always raised us with the idea that you don't know what another person is going through. You should not judge. And um, I will be forever grateful to her for so many things. But, uh, you know, when I look back on my life... Um, and that it doesn't surprise me that I would find myself in a community of people who identify as being different and who are very capable. <laughs> and nobody's going to tell me um, that, for instance, my son, that he wasn't capable of doing what he, what he wanted to. So um, I honor my mother today. So good morning to Susie. Good morning to Anna and to Liliana from Riverside. Uh, uh, Parker says breaks from school. That is so interesting. I wonder if snow days will be discussed and, uh, virtual learning on snow days, a dark angel. Hello. And may happy to see you here too. So we are going to be talking about school breaks today. That's our parent to parent talk today. But before we do 
that. I just want to mention that we're live. Traven is already starting to show you some of the different ways that you can connect here with the show. Connect is like my favorite word right now because uh, I've been working so hard on the toy guide and, and all of the toys this year. I feel like the theme this year is connection. How can we connect? And that not everybody connects in the same way. People have different connection preferences, right? Whether we're talking about how we communicate our feelings or how we get the show to you. So we try to have, uh, Ashley, so happy that you're here. Um, We try to have as many different ways for you guys to connect as is possible. If there's a way that you want to connect and it's not working for you or you don't see it, please bring that to our attention because don't assume that we know always how you guys prefer to be connected with, right? So whatever way that you like to communicate, let us know how you want to connect. So... Also, I want to say that this show, the whole purpose of Autism Live and now the Autism Network is that we want to uh, provide information and inspiration to that larger autism community that always, of course, starts with individuals who themselves are on the spectrum. But we also include in the conversation everyone who loves those individuals and wants to be a good ally. I am someone who identify... Um, Ashley, I saw that what you said that you are, that you, Ashley has written in and said, I have autism and Ashley, I'm so glad that you found us here because I hope that you'll find things that are of interest to you. And I especially want to tell you, Ashley, we have a new podcast that's called stories from the spectrum that is only voices of people who identify as being on the spectrum or neurodiverse in some way. So I hope you'll check that out. Um, But this show is meant to help all of us to advance the rights and the causes of individuals on the autism spectrum, to help them to be able to have the freedom to do what they want to do. It seems crazy in the year 2022 that we have to be fighting for that, but we do. We very much do. And so I know I want to be a good ally. I identify as a pony. I'm a parent of a neurodiverse individual, an adult individual now. Um, And I want to learn... I always say I want to be a student in the front row learning how to be a good ally to him and to all the other people that I love on the autism spectrum Uh, because I feel like that's part of my calling in this life is to show up and to be a person who is also championing the fact that, as my mother said, you know, uh, different is not less right? Different is different and we, we should celebrate difference and, and make room for uh, everyone to bring their special brand of difference because that's what knits the fabric of society together. Um, I see Monkey Monkey Face has written and said, any advice for a five-year-old that won't stop swearing? ABA has tried replacement words, ignoring, redirecting, and nothing works. We have determined that she's not doing it for attention and we'll do it alone in a room. It happens everywhere and is getting embarrassing. I don't know what to say to unsuspecting parents when F-bombs get dropped. Um, I am going to ask you if you have been evaluated, has she been evaluated for Tourette's? Because uh, we know many people that we absolutely adore who have Tourette's that it is it is not something that they are capable of stopping. And um, I don't think that anybody's been able to do the complete math on what that is and why the tick is swear words, um, why it is that particular thing, but we see that a lot in Tourette's. I don't want you to be afraid to get a diagnosis of Tourette's. I personally know several people who have a dual diagnosis of autism and Tourette's, but if you start looking at it from a Tourette's point of view, and and I love that you've kind of done your homework and you've done your legwork with ABA where you've, you've tried all the different things, but when we see that uh, whenever somebody is doing it alone in their room, we see that it is not for attention, right? Um, Then in all likelihood, it is automatic reinforcing to her. And if it is Tourette's, uh, there's been a great deal of work dietary with Tourette's that uh, if you work with a, a good naturopath and, and work on diet, that we've seen a lot of people have a great deal of success where that tick doesn't happen when you take certain things out of the diet. It's different for everybody. It's not like a one size, like eliminate, 
dairy and it will go away. It's not like that. It's different things for different people. But that's what I would be looking at, monkey face, and making sure. Because here's the thing. When something, when we find out that something is automatically reinforcing, which that's when you do it when you're in a room alone, um, then that means that the paycheck for it is on the inside. And sometimes it's uh, a compulsion other times, we don't, like I said, we don't really know the math, or I certainly don't know the math on Tourette's, but, but we, once we know that it's something that's happening and that's not capable of being stopped by the individual, then we're going to go at that in a different way, like we would never want to punish. As for how to deal with other people, I, I honestly think that, um, you, you know, it's hard because there's going to be stigma attached, but uh, no matter what you do, but I think... If you, ahead of time, tell people, and especially if you have a Tourette's diagnosis and you, and you explain to them this is, you know, this is a thing um, and it's not uh, her fault and, and she doesn't mean to offend you, it sort of takes the sting out of it for people who are rational and reasonable and you might find that you just only want to be around people who are rational and reasonable and that people who get offended, you know... Like, they're not dealing with what you're dealing with and maybe care less about their opinions. It's hard because you want to insulate your child from people who are, you know, and, and like, what, you know, why doesn't she stop doing that? You know, you know who's a perfect example of someone who has Tourette's and an autism diagnosis? James Durbin, uh, American Idol finalist. You know, I think he, like, finished Vibe in American Idol. Um, and he speaks out about both of those things and would be a good role model um, for her, if that ends up being the diagnosis that you get, I'm not capable of diagnosing any of that, but I would definitely look into that. Um, and I see that you acknowledge that. So, you know, hugs, um, because I'm sure that's hard both for her and for you and your family. Um, eventually she's going to be older and she's going to be around people who are not going to be as shocked if the F-bomb comes up, um, She's going to fit right in at a comedy club. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. This is a hard face. Oh, Parker, thank you. James was fourth. I thought he was fifth. Well, thank you because I've met James and he's a sweetheart. We would not want to take away uh, one of his places. Okay, but that's, you know, I'm glad that we had that little interaction because that's really what we're about here. If you have a question, write in. Uh, we are going to cover this topic today. Did I even say that you guys can be watching us on podcasts? But if you want to watch, watch on YouTube. If you want to listen, go to any of the other places. And our fabulous Traven went through all the different places that you can be watching the show uh, or listening to it. And we hope that you'll like, subscribe, uh, share, review. The all That's how we stay on the air, you guys. And you know that it's a, a year ago that we went out on our own, that we are now part of the Autism Network. We're out on our own here, and it becomes even more imperative for us to to stay on the air for what you guys can do. I fight always. I've, I've fought for 12 years. Every once in a while, somebody comes in and says, hey, what a great thing, and you have this big audience. You should charge them. Just charge them a dollar and a quarter. And I fight constantly to not have there be any cost to you guys. But what I ask is that you like, you share, you review. Uh, you know, that's that's what we ask of you because that's what keeps us on the air. All right. Uh, so wonderful. But keep writing in. Uh, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that. But we're talking today about how to handle breaks from school. I don't know about you guys, but I... I love it when when we've been slogging along and all of a sudden it's like a break is coming. A break is coming. Um that's the that's the other PowerPoint, Traven. Um a break is coming and we're you know we're we're going to get some time off here. And uh and I and I when my son uh, I cuz I used to be a school teacher too you guys and so I would love it when there was a 3-day weekend or oh my goodness, Thanksgiving, and you get extra days off. It's a short week. You know, sometimes you only go to school Monday and Tuesday, and then you get Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. It's amazing, right? Let's, you know, be so, so excited about that. Um, And then the reality of it, when I had a child on the autism spectrum, it would usually dawn on me like at about 10.30 on the Wednesday of Thanksgiving, oh my goodness, we don't have a bunch of the support that we have had 
every day that he, you know, he had a, a thing in his day and he was on a groove and now it's all been ripped out from under us and he's not feeling the relief of, whoo, we get a break. Um, he's not feeling that. He's looking for, he doesn't want to be bored. He, he's looking for his next thing to do. And a lot of times I would be frustrated. So I, I put together 10 tips here to help us uh, and hopefully, Traven, do you have that PowerPoint? Did I send you the wrong one? It may not be his fault. Um, so that some things to think about and to be doing now to get ready for the break so that you don't wear yourself out, that your child doesn't get bored, and that you're having a good time. I see Simply Me, Laura, says, we recently had one week off from school and had to stay indoors for it. My 13-year-old daughter was so bored. We did some painting and tried games, but it didn't seem to do much for her. Yeah, because different strokes for different folks. But that's really the key is that keeping that boredom at bay um, she says she seems to enjoy the structure from school and how there's always something to do. I have a two-year-old at home, so it's hard for me to keep her engaged at all times. Um, and uh, Parker says, uh, I, ESY, I heard it's great, but it's not needed for everyone. Yeah, well, you know, ESY is great because that's extended school year. That's through the summer. But, you know, the crazy thing about that is that it's, you know, summer is 10 weeks and usually ESY is four, five, maybe six if you're in a certain district. It's, it never covers the whole thing. Um, and I see Lori says, uh, we've been going through this. My son Elijah is working through this. At the beginning, it was so hard to adjust. Now he knows the teacher and the parent is on the same page. We speak daily and he knows he cannot uh, play us against each other. I think you might be, res- I'm, you're responding to something that I didn't get to see. Uh, the breaks for the holiday are going to be huge challenge, not looking forward to three week long break. Right. Well, because it feels like, you know, uh, okay, I, I, I want a break and yet the, this is not a break because the rug got ripped under, out from underneath my child. So now I need to become their program. Right. And it feels like a tourniquet sometimes around your neck. So that's why we're doing this. 10 tips to survive school breaks when you have kids on the spectrum. All right. Let's take a look at what our first one is. Cause this to me is one of the key things is that you need to utilize absolutely all of the services that you still have. So now is a great time to be asking whoever your service provider is. Can I have more? And it's, you know, it's like the, uh, is it David Copperfield? No, that's the magician. Who's the, the Copperfield? Is it David Copperfield the, that says, please, sir, I'd like some more um, from the Dickens. Um, so, but ask for more. So, it, you know, you might have a, uh, like here in California, we have the regional center, that you could go to the regional center and ask for more respite. And respite, for those of you who don't know, is something that is provided for you to take a break. Most states now, if you have a child who is identified as having a disability, and I know we can have all the feelings that we want about that, but the truth is that there are many people who are on the autism spectrum who do not qualify for a disability, but often children, not always, but children on the spectrum are identified as having a disability because there's support that they need and they, and they can't take care of themselves. We can have our emotions about it, but it provides you with more access to services. So for that reason, we go, okay, we're going we're gonna to accept that people are saying that your child is, I know my mother would be like, they're not disabled, they're just differently abled, right? But it's allowing for more services and help. So that part we want. And almost all of them will provide you with some form of respite. And the thing about respite is respite is not so that you can go to work. It's not babysitting so that you can go to work. It's, it's crazy, right? But it's babysitting so you can go shopping. It's babysitting so you can go get your nails done. It's babysitting so you can take a nap. And when they fund respite, they're very particular about that, that it has to be something where you're taking a break. Respite can be for you to go be with your two-year-old while they hang out with your 13-year-old. That's acceptable, right? Because respite is a break from taking care of your child that has special needs. That's what it's there for. It is not for you to go to your job. 
that's a different category of things. But respite really is for you to be able to take the break to go do some of the things that you wouldn't be able to do if you were taking care of your child. So ask for more. You may not have it at all. Now's a great time to ask for it and ask for more. Say, we're going to have less services, so I would like more services. Many people find that they'll, they're so willing to up the respite during times of break because maybe you haven't been using it for a lot of things like therapy and those kinds of things anymore. It used to be that you would you were given a pool of hours per week and if you didn't use them in that week, they were poof, gone. It doesn't work that way anymore. That's one of the things that I don't know whether I'm in love with it, but insurance has, has done this where they give you a pool of hours for sometimes six months. And then if you, so let's say you had to cancel therapy sessions two months ago because there was, you know, everybody had the, you know, a cold or whatever, and you didn't know if it was COVID. So you canceled services. It might be that if you talk to your provider that you can now use those hours, but here's the thing. You really have to kind of get ahead of it. Uh, you have to ask them in advance. So ask about next week for Thanksgiving doesn't hurt to ask, but uh, you might find that you're late on the draw because they didn't put in for people to be working then. Um, But definitely let them know today about how much time you're having off during the holiday break. For those three-week things, uh, it might be that you could maximize and use all the ABA hours that you had that you just weren't able to use for whatever reason. But they need to staff it, so tell them now. I also suggest asking for parent training, and people call this different things. Um, some uh, caregiver, they call it caregiver collaboration, whatever. But this is when you have somebody, usually a BCBA, who's going to help you. And I always say, drive the bus on this. Because all the time people will say, for instance, how do I get my child to do this? What you're really asking is, how do I get my child to do this when I'm with them, right? Isn't that the thing? Because we've all had the experience where somebody who's very well-trained takes your child and they can do it, but your child doesn't do it with you. You have different baggage with your child. You have different circumstances. You're having to get in the car where they're not having to focus on that. You're having to shop for groceries where the therapist isn't having to do that. You have to feed other children and pay attention to other children. So it's really, how do I do this and have my child do this with me, right? Well, the best way to do that is when you have somebody training you right there with your child. Now, some providers and some insurance really don't like to pay for that. Um, but there are ways around that, right? Um, like they'll say, oh, we don't, we don't want to give you parent training while your child is there because then you'll have to watch your child and you won't learn. Well, sometimes what you can do is have a therapist there with your child. So they're attending to your child. And then you have a BCBA who's there working with you. And then you practice something with the child and then you can go back and talk. But the child is occupied. It's crazy because it's more expensive for insurance to pay for it that way But sometimes that's what you have to do in order to get the funding to do it. Whatever you have to do, this is the ideal time to do it during break time because your child's available. And if you tell the provider ahead of time, look, here's the thing I want to work on. Pick the thing that's driving you bonkers. Like that you're just like, why have we not gotten that thing under control? Why have we, this is the number two here, work on things that you haven't had time for. Oh, I wish my child could brush their teeth on their own. Well, three weeks is a great time to say, I want to do parent training and I want to, this is, this is the behavior that I want my child to be able to do when we're done. I want him to be able to brush his teeth so that I don't have to nag him and, and task them with that. That's why I say drive the bus, tell them what it is. Don't just say, I want parent training because then they'll come in and they'll teach you all kinds of things about the history of ABA, blah, 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 blah. What use is that to you? None. Make your wish list of, I wish I knew what to do when my child's tantruming. And then go to them and say, that's what I want to work on. Or, or how, do I get my, how do I get through the difficult part of the morning when I'm trying to get him to put his shoes on and eat and I got to get his sister in the car and how do I do that? And have them work through that with you. Um, Parker says, yes, even adults need respite sometimes. Amen. My case manager has respite available for me just in case my mom needs it. Absolutely, Parker, because everybody needs a break from everyone. It doesn't matter, you know. Uh, um, 
I, I love the, the early throes of love when you're with somebody and you want to spend all your time with them. But, you know, I've been married for 20 years and every, time, every once in a while I need to go do something without my husband. I need a little bit of respite from him and he needs respite from me. Heaven knows that man's saint. Um, so, you know, if your child had not been on the spectrum, there would have been times and places where they would have gone on more play dates and they would have done more sleepovers and you would have you know, had a chance to go shopping or do your nails or whatever. Or maybe your relatives would have stepped up and been a little bit more, you know, right? So we don't, when we're special needs parents, we don't get as much respite. I think all moms need respite, right? But sometimes it's not there for us in the way that it is for other people. I hate to say that, but it's, the, it's our experience of it. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, but another thing that I really recommend that you do during this period of time, because I'm all about don't cancel. If you have, if you have therapy scheduled, a lot of times people go, well, we're on a break from school, so we're going to not do our ABA and we're not going to do, you know, th- these other things that we have, uh, like speech and OT that you might have privately, not through school. This is a ginormous mistake. Um, utilize everything that you have and double down on it. It's, it will be your saving grace. But also, take the therapist with you. Most ABA providers have it in their, in their insurance funding. You have something called community outings. Get to know this because I find that a lot of the younger ABA professionals think you can't do this. And so tell them, no, 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 it's under community outings. Used to be that we talked about having a program have legs, that your child can't just be doing it in your house or doing it at the center. Because then the only place they can do it is in your house and at the center. Is that what we want for our kids? Absolutely not. We want our kids to go to the mall. We want them to go to the movie theater. We want them to go to live theater. We want them to go skiing. We want, you know, think about all the things that you want for your child to do. And if we don't take what we're learning in the center and at home and apply it in the places that we want, like a museum, what are we doing? We're really not doing what good ABA stipulates, which is that you have to do it in different environments so that they learn, oh, this is how I behave in a library. So do community outings with support. Think about all the places that you would like to go that you currently feel a little like, I'm not sure if we can do that. I'm not sure if we can go to a tree lighting ceremony. I'm not sure that we can do the synagogue service. I'm not sure that we can do a gift wrapping um, party. I'm not sure that we can go to the mall with a group of people. Whatever it is that you're ice skating, that you're doing during the holiday break, schedule it. It takes a little planning. I will tell you that. Schedule it and then go to your ABA provider and say, this is what we want to do. We've scheduled it at this time. Can we have a therapist to go with us because we want to work on some of the behaviors that typically would happen if we're doing that? And they should schedule it for you. It's, a, it's about availability. But if they're giving you a hard time and say, oh, your insurance won't pay for that, poppycock. It's under community outings. And, and we can fight this till the end of time. And, and if you really have an ABA provider who is telling you no, 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 tell me. I'll call them and explain that to them <laughs> because our kids need to do this. Our kids need to do this and you need this. And if you think about all the things that you've been wanting to do and you're like, I just don't know how we would do that, that's exactly what you should be doing during the break. Uh, and again, use banked hours. Almost everybody has hours that are not being used. I want to bang my head against the wall sometimes because, hey, Courtney, I haven't seen you in a long time. And you said long time no see. I'm so thrilled that you're here. How are you? Um, I So I, I really can't stress this enough that insurance right now is paying for therapies because they've been found to be effective when used properly. And I've done the big talk before about intensity, right? Um, and yet there aren't enough therapists. I, they don't call them therapists anymore. They call them behavior technicians. That makes me a little, but I'm out of date here. Um, but there aren't enough of them, right? Um, but a lot of people take off for the holidays. So ask now, ask for those people, use your banked hours, because I'll tell you what happens if you don't. 
that insurance goes, ah, you didn't use it, so we're going to take it away. Use your banked hours. It's use it or lose it. Uh, Parker says, I mean, most parents get sick of Chuck E. Cheese after a while, so respite is needed, like, for example, needing to go to a sibling's holiday party at school, for example. Absolutely, absolutely. We all need a break, be able to go do other things. Uh, There's no harm, foul, or crime in that. Uh, Okay, so use what you have. Absolutely use what you have. You won't be sorry if you do, because it'll fill up the day. Okay, number two is I want you to make a visual schedule now. So you can craft this yourself if you're crafty. You can, you know, you can make that all yourself or you can buy one. Um, they have them on Etsy and, and places like that. But make yourself a visual schedule that's for a day, just one day. I'll tell you what else you guys can use. You can use an advent calendar. They're selling advent calendars everywhere. And you could simply take an advent calendar and, um, and then put things in each box for what you're going to do. Because if you wait until the day of, and it's the first day of break, and you go, okay, what are we going to do? Oh my gosh, there's so much stress and pressure that comes with that. Don't do that to yourself, right? It's so much easier if you do it ahead of time. Because then you leave all the emotion out. Planning, you can just be like, oh yeah, so on that day, we're, you know, we're going to do crayon drawings, right? Um, but for right now, I just want you to make the visual schedule. And, and as I said, it, it could be just a thing like I've seen people who take a cookie sheet because um, it's magnetic and they glue magnets onto things and it says morning and it, you know, it's split up into different hours, but it's visual. It's something that you can look at and that your child can look at. So because part of why they fall apart when they're so used to school and school is so segmented and I know what to expect. I go in in the morning and I put my shoes here and I put my backpack here and then we have math and then the bell rings and then we get reading time. They have this expectation just like you do. And part of what that does for our kids is it lowers the anxiety of what's happening next. So the reason why you're making a visual schedule is to lower everybody's anxiety, your anxiety, their anxiety, so that on the day, you know, we'll fill in and you'll help. I say something later on about letting them have choices, but that you're not having to reinvent everything every day. Right now, it's just so that you've got a visual schedule and you can plug things in later on. But as I said, if you, if you want to do just one day or if you want to get an advent calendar and take all the stuff out, I saw a great dog advent calendar at Costco the other day. And every day it says one and every day you, you know, open it up and there's like a treat for your dog, a toy or a treat or whatever. Um, and it was cute. It was a dollhouse. It was big. Because uh, it had to have dog biscuits in certain drawers. You could get something like that, take all the dog treats out or take all the candy out because they have them. Even at Trader Joe's, they have them in their candy. They're, they're just small little things. I have a an advent calendar that my mom made that's quilted that has little pockets, right? And uh, even now, we put something uh, in each pocket like, uh, you know, now it's things like... Uh, you know, uh, get you choose where we're going to go to dinner. Uh, boy, that's a big treat, right? Or, uh, you know, one free driving lesson uh, in the, uh, not that he couldn't have that all the time, but you know what I mean. So uh, you, could, you could do that and each day put in a little slip, of, two little slips of paper like we can do this or we can do that. But right now I just want you to get it and find a place for it to be right? Your, your visual schedule for the, for the day, but it could be for all the days. Uh, okay. But then I want you to make a calendar and it can be just a piece of paper and you write the days off, right? The other, the visual schedule is really meant for your kiddos to lessen their anxiety so they know what's coming, right? This calendar is for you. This is your calendar. You don't have to show this to your child. Um, And so it has to be reinforcing to you, which means if it is this ginormous thing that you've, you know, colored in and it's on the wall and that's what flips your switch, fabulous. If it's on your phone, it could be on your laptop, whatever. 
but it has to find a place to live that's easy to get to. If it's going to be something that's on the wall at home, once you get it there, I would take a picture of it so that it's on your phone. So if you're out and you don't remember what were we doing on this day, you can refer to it, right? And the first thing that I want you to do on that calendar is fill in all the things that are already planned and all the therapies that you still have. Like, let's just populate that calendar and put all the things on it like you know you're flying to Rebecca's house on, you know, the 24th. So, you know, that's immovable. So you're putting, you're putting that on the calendar, right? Um, or you know that it's Pop Pop's birthday party on the 27th. So you're going to put that on the calendar. But then also make sure you, all the therapies that you already have and check with them to make sure that you are still going to have them during the break. And again, ask for more. Um, yeah, Parker says, or use an app if you're technically savvy. There's scheduling apps out there. You could do that for either the visual schedule or for this. Absolutely. Whatever, however, I'm somebody who likes paper and pencil. And, and even if I have it on my phone, sometimes I got to draw it out so that I can see it. And it's in my body because I drew it. You know, I love a good bullet journal. Um, and, and my husband goes, wouldn't you rather have one of those Filofax things where you just like the days are already there? I know because I can't visualize it then. And once I, you know, make it on my bullet journal, I know, oh, you know, the fifth is, you know, like a Tuesday, I'm making that up. Um, but you know what I mean? Because it's in my brain. So, but, but put all the things that are already scheduled in first, and then you can start adding stuff to it later on. Um, but if, if you put the bones, what I call the bones in first of, okay, well, we know that he has ABA on Tuesdays, then, you know, that's sort of taken care of. And then you can focus on where are the places that we just, we have big, big gaps, right? So once you've come up with a calendar for the days off, and it doesn't have to be for everything, it literally can be here are the days off, um, and that you found a place for it. Um, then I want you to plan one thing a day, one thing a day. Now, if it's already a day where there's therapy, uh, and, and I, I, I'm not counting therapy as a thing that's happening that day because I want you to have something that's super reinforcing, but it can be a short thing. So let's say if Bobby has therapy on Tuesday and it's a long session, then maybe, you know, the short thing that we do that day is that we go through the drive-through of their favorite restaurant and we get the toy, right? That's a short thing. It's not going to be taxing for you, but it'll be a big deal to them. Hey, we get to go through the drive-through today because you did such a good job at therapy, right? But plan one thing, a short thing, if it's a day that you already have therapy. But if nothing is happening on a day, I want you to plan something, one thing that's super duper fun. One thing. Now, it it might be that you're like, but this is where I run into trouble. I don't know what to do. Um, and, and for the person who wrote and said, you know, it's different. If your child is a 13-year-old girl, it's different than if you're, you, you got a two-year-old. And if you've got both of them, boy, it's really, really hard. Um, and, and having to think of what to do is even harder. So, I think thinking of it ahead of time is really, really helpful. But one of the things that um, I think is also helpful is just brainstorming and come up, being, come up with a list of things that you can do. And we've already started that list for you. Um, there, and, and Trayvon, I hope we can find where it's listed. It's also in the back of my book, but we have a blog that I did that in the early days of the pandemic, I came up with a list of 101 things you can do with your child. And then we added on to it and people sent things in. I don't know how many things are on the list now. And I cannot attest to the fact that all of the links that are on it are still active because a lot of it was stuff that was during the pandemic, but it was a lot of things and a lot of websites that you can go to, like there's virtual museums. Um, and you know, take a look at it. It's a great jumping off point. Everything on that list isn't going to be possible for you to do, not with every child. So you pick and choose 101 things. If you've got a three-week break, 
I think you're going to be able to find enough things on that list or it will jumpstart your memory about, oh, you know what they really love? Oh, you know, we could go to a museum. Why don't I find out what day the museum is open? And, and then I go back to the calendar and I go, oh, look, we have that Wednesday where we have nothing going on. We could go to that museum that day. And I tell you something, I'm like on day of, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I just be honest. Like I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to do anything, right? But if it's already there and it's on the schedule, it's sort of like something to look forward to. And I go, oh, right, today's the day that we're going to the Museum of Natural History to go to the butterfly exhibit. Right. We said we were going to do that, so we're going to go and do that. Um, schedule it. Schedule it. But let the schedule be your guide. Don't make it your be-all, end-all. If you wake up on the morning of the butterfly thing and you're not feeling up to it, you know, then, then we do other things. I've got that coming up. I thought it was the next slide. But I forgot to say, too, that it's very important that we set bedtimes and mealtimes. This is where things get wonkinator during the breaks. Because we're taking a break and we're taking a break, we want to be a little less regimented with our schedule and we want it to be a little less regimented for our kids and maybe we want to sleep a little bit late. We want to go to bed a little bit late and we want to eat at different times. Okay. Yes. I'm all for that, but set it. Don't have it be, you know, whatever we feel like today, unless you want to be miserable and have your kids be miserable. (laughs) In which case, go ahead, do that. I know I want to live in a world where it's like I can go to bed anytime I want to and I can wake up and I can eat anytime I want to. Yeah, except it doesn't work out. Even now when as an adult and my son is an adult, I really could do this on a break. It doesn't work out. I get, I, I get to the point where I'm like, I'm funky. I, I don't want to do any. I don't know what my problem is. And it's because my schedule is all kerfuffled. So make a decision now. This is what time we're going to start the day. And this is what time we're going to end the day. Be kind to yourself when you set this and set that for yourself and set that for your kiddos. Now, if what you love more than anything else is to sleep late, by all means, set that and say, this is, you know, we're, if you like, okay, the rule is we're all staying up The kids are staying up till 11, I'm staying up till 2, and I'm not getting up till 10 o'clock. You know, set that, but make sure that you have something for them to do that's safe and they're not starving for you to to sleep till 10 o'clock, if that's really your thing. I, whatever it is, set it and put it on the visual schedule that this is when we get up, this is when we go to bed, so that it's not a surprise um, and that it's not uh, a negotiation, a hostage situation every single night about, can I please stay up later? Can I please, 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 you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. Put the bedtimes and the meal times there and, and really make an effort to stick to it as much as possible. If you're going to off-road it, make it a big deal. Like we're going to celebrate and you want to stay up tonight as late as you want. It's, it's a one-time thing. And then be prepared for the, the mayhem and bedlam that will be the next day because they will be out of sorts. They will be miserable. They'll be hungover is what they will be. Um, okay. So, oh, Stacy, thank you. She says, love this. This sure came at the right time. Thank you. Um, it's cause it's hard and, but now is the ideal time to be thinking about this. Um, so arrange everything else around those important appointments and think of it that way that sleep, um, getting up in the morning, going to bed at night and eating regular meals are important appointments and that we're going to attempt to keep those as much as possible. Don't berate yourself if you get a little bit late or a little bit behind, but get right back on track as quickly as you possibly can. That's going to be super duper important. Uh, Number seven, give your child choices. So this all sounds very rigid, um, but I don't mean it to. That, you know, when think of everything that you do, you want to give them a choice. So if we have in our advent box... Uh, that it's the 7th of December and we're off 
and we had written down, I, I like to think, like put two things in the box and say, okay, we can either go to the museum and go to the butterfly exhibit, or we can stay at home and watch Disney movies. Which one do you want to choose and let them choose, right? You can do that when you have the capability of doing that. But if you made arrangements with Aunt Bertha to meet her at the butterfly exhibit, then you're not going to give that choice, right? Instead, you're going to give the choice out. You're going to say, we're going to go to the butterfly exhibit um, today. Do you want to have you know cereal for breakfast or do you want pancakes right uh or we're going to go to the butterfly exhibit and do you want to go to the butterfly exhibit first or do you want to go over to the the play area first right every single opportunity give them choices within the framework that you built it's it's a balancing act right but but we see what happens when we go too far in either direction, if we rigidly plan everything and go at 3.15, you are going to do this, at some point the child's going to rebel, right? Because that's not what the child wants. They want structure, but they want autonomy within the structure. And if you go the other way and go, hey, we're off, let's all just see what happens, let's wake up tomorrow when we wake up and let's see you know, when we decide we want to eat and we don't have anything to do, I give you two days and you're going to be climbing the wall going, I don't know what to do with these kids. Because if they're bored, they're going to find things to do and it's not going to go well. Um, Yes, Parker, this works for everybody, by the way. Parker says, does this work for adults on the spectrum who get bored over the holidays? Absolutely. If you, you know, one of the things, I'm somebody who can't stand to be bored. Can I, my husband and I were just talking about this this morning, that I hate to wash dishes because I'll get bored in the middle of it. And I go, I'm so bored. I can't. And if I got to find a way to jazz it up for myself, either by having Alexa play music, right? Or, you know, thinking something creative in my head. If I can get into a creative space while I'm washing the dishes, I can wash your dishes, mine, and everybody else's, right? Um, But if I just have to wash dishes, heaven help me. I'm, I'm a mess, right? I can't stand to be bored. And during the pandemic, I, ooh, I was worried. I was, I was like, I can stay home forever. Don't get me wrong. I, I could stay home. I could still be at home. I'm a homebody. I can keep myself, I can craft myself in outer oblivion, right? But I was worried about, was I going to get bored? Because if I get bored, whoo, it's, it's not good. So I tried to give myself things to do during the pandemic so that I had things I had to do, things I had to show up for. I worked way too much during the pandemic. I wrote a book during the pandemic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I uh, And I kind of was flourishing because I had a very structured thing going on. So absolutely, this works for adults too. Um, okay, so Parker says, I mean, a six-year-old would want to see Santa, but a 26-year-old might want to see, for example, uh, the Jimmy Stewart Museum. Absolutely. It depends on the child. If it was me, I look forward to going to places. I have a set routine for each place. Absolutely. I used to scour in every, pretty much now, I don't know now that the pandemic, because things went out of business, but there used to be a magazine for the community that I lived in that would be delivered to my house for free every first of the month. And it would list, it would have the community calendar. Now, some people have this online um, or on your cable access channel. Um, but you, I, I could go, oh, well, you know, on this date, they're having, they're doing the tree lighting ceremony. And then I would put it on the calendar, right? And then maybe we didn't go, but I would know about it, right? Because it was on the calendar. And I, we actually did many more fun things when my son was little and I had to do this because it was my only way of surviving. Now it's like, oh, we missed it because I, I, I don't always remember to do this now, but it's really good if you take the time. Um, and again, if, if you don't get a magazine from your community, look up calendar of events here in LA. Now that I live in LA proper, there's, there's so many websites that, that if you just Google things to do in LA this weekend or this month with a family, it it will give you all these events that, uh, and you can put in free things to do and it'll give you tons more ideas. But Back to give your child or adult choices. Everybody wants to feel like they have a choice in what's happening. 
And what you want to do on one day, you may not want to do on another day. So give yourself choices, give your child or adult children choices. Uh, okay, this is the one that I thought was earlier. So number eight, ask yourself if this is a yes day. I love that Dr. Evelyn Gould, uh, she's been on the show not too long ago, but she used to be a regular here on the show with us. And this was her expression that she would always say to parents, here's the thing. Some days we have yes days and some days we have no days, right? <laughs> Where some days we're like, yes, let's go to the beach. Let's pack a bag and let's go sit on the cold beach and let's make sandcastles. Yes, I would like to do that. Some days we have yes days where we say, I'm ready to tackle toilet training today. And I'm ready to go through whatever I have to go through today for us to, to be at a place where we're further with the toilet training. Some days we have yes days where we say, okay, yes. Yes is a day when I can carry through that I've said to my child, if you, uh, you know, hit your brother, then I'm going to take away your Legos, right? Which we don't really recommend here that you set up that kind of stuff unless you're working with a professional. But your professional may have said to you, okay, here is what we're going to do for this behavior and you're going to have to hold true to this, right? So there are days when we have yes days and then there are days when we have no days where you're not equipped to deal with it where you're like, I can't, I can't today. So what Dr. Gould always used to say to us is save yourself and don't start something you can't finish. So if it is not a yes day for toilet training, then don't do toilet training today. I know ABA professionals say, well, we have to be consistent but consistent is a lot of different things. Consistent means that if I say to you, you know, uh, you need to do this, that then I need to follow through with that. And if I'm having a no day as a caregiver, then I'm not going to ride your butt about it. I'm not going to prompt you and say, pick up your toys. If it's not a day when I'm prepared to follow through on what we've said I need to do when you don't pick up your toys. Does that make sense? So you just don't start the conversation. There are days when we prompt our kids and say, okay, um, you know, and, and we're willing to take on an intervention and toe the line. Uh, it feels, I put the football thing here because it feels like football to me. It's a sport and sometimes it's a contact sport, right? Where we have to be willing to take the hits as parents before we start something, right? So, you know, just thinking back to our existence that, you know, we had a Lego issue where there were Legos from one end of my house to the other. And if I wanted my son to pick up his Legos, I would know that that was like a two hour thing and that I was going to have to get down on the floor and be prompting him. And I would, I would be having to reward him for picking up the Legos and it would be a thing. You know what I'm saying? And there were some days when I didn't have on a break where I was like, I don't have it. So the Legos are going to stay on the floor and I would put on my shoes with a big sole so that if I stepped on them, that I didn't injure myself. You know what I'm saying? You got to have enough bandwidth to be able to say to yourself, I can't, I can't do everything today. And, and that's fine. Today might be a day that the only thing I can say yes to is let's sit on the couch and let's watch Disney movies all day. Now, do we want that to be every day when we have a kiddo on the autism spectrum? No, right? Although there's much to be learned from Disney movies, there's a lot more things in the world than Disney movies. So be mindful about if you find that every day uh, becomes sitting on the couch and with a blanket and watching Disney movies. Your kiddo's going to get bored. First of all, you better change those Disney movies up and you're going to have a harder time when it's time to go back to everything for you getting back in the groove with things. But moderation in as much, I always want to say in all things, but I'm not good at that. So I'm not going to preach that to you, but moderation where you can every once in a while, it's okay to have a day where you just sit on the couch with a warm, fuzzy blanket and watch Disney movies. 
every once in a while, it's important to have those days, right? So be kind to yourself. And before you start something with your kiddo, ask yourself, is this a yes day? And on those days when you feel like, oh, I'm a parent, I got this. I, I know what I'm, what I'm supposed to do. Like those are the days when you take on toilet training, right? But on the days when you're really not feeling it, have the maturity to say, we're going to take it easy on ourselves today, which means you take it easy on your kids. Um, uh, Parker says, but the wrong thing is if there are choices, but not really a choice. Well, Parker, I, I think, uh, I, I think I hear what you're saying. Um, Sometimes it's hard because there are things that you don't have a choice. Like um, if you're well and healthy, you need to go to school, right? Those kinds of things, it's like you don't have a choice about going to school. So we would never say to someone, uh, what do you choose today, going to school or not going to school, when really what you have to do is go to school. But I think it's important when somebody is upset and saying, I don't want to school, go to school. First, I think it's important to be asking why, right? Um, why don't you want to go to school? Uh, and if it's because I'd rather stay home and watch Disney movies, then that's not a reason to stay home, right? So instead of get, getting bogged down in that moment, I just want to make sure that the reason why they don't want to go to school is because you know, they're being bullied or that they're uncomfortable in some way, right? But if we've eliminated that and it's because I'd rather be doing this thing that's more fun, then we know that we've got to get them to school. So sometimes what helps is to give a choice of what is your paycheck going to be for having done the thing that eh, you didn't really want to do, but you're going to do anyway. And that's life. And I know people get very emotional about that and go, you know, that's an unrealistic expectation that we're having to reward them for, go- really? People get paid for going to jobs that they don't love. That's life. Um, and, and we need to make it fair. Isn't that what Dr. Grant Pichet always says? Make it fair. So that's what I mean about giving choices whenever possible and that sometimes it's literally giving, you know, what, sometimes you have the ability on a break to say, would you rather do this? Would you rather go to the museum or would you rather watch Disney movies? And you get to pick. Thank you, Trayvon. Um, but, uh, but so utilize that if you can, but if it's something that you have, you have to go to Aunt, Aunt Bertha's, you know, sixth night of Hanukkah and your child doesn't want to go, but you know you've got to go, then you got to up the stakes and make it fair and say, okay, what's, what, do, what do you want to choose that either that we're going to do when we get home, on the way home, or tomorrow? Uh, that your paycheck, and you can even language that with kids who understand what a paycheck is, but a lot of young kids don't have any idea what a paycheck is. But you can say to them, okay, we're going to Aunt Bertha's. That's a thing. But what would you like to have after Aunt Bertha's? Do you want to go to the, the bouncy house place or do you want to watch Disney movies? I'm all about the Disney movies today, right? Um, but that in that way, we give the choice. Does that make sense, Parker? Uh, Parker says, it's like in my life, I almost get into a meltdown a few weeks ago for not getting to go out to eat. Not fun. Yeah, and sometimes things are beyond our control and they're beyond the control of other people that if you had it in your mind that you were going to get to go out to eat and then for whatever reason that didn't happen, I got to be honest with you that, you know, if I were there, Parker, I would be saying to you, yes, yes, this feels bad, Parker, and this feels horrible, but let's remember that A, you're going to get to go on a different day and what can we do today? And then I would give you choices and say this or that. And that, Parker, you can begin to do for yourself. That acknowledging, we went over this last week too, that when people are having feelings about something, acknowledge it. Yes, I am having feelings of disappointment that I didn't go out to dinner and I was promised that I was going to be able to go out to dinner and I didn't get to go. We all feel that. Vince Redman, who we got to have back on the show, who's a licensed marriage and family therapist, his 50th birthday was during the pandemic. And he had planned a big party and he didn't get to have it. You don't think he was frustrated? He was frustrated. I don't get to have my party because there's a pandemic, right? And, and he said, it's frustrating that my 50th birthday should happen when I can't do it. So I think it's very normal that you felt the frustration of it, uh, Parker. But you can do what Vince did, which is say, okay, so I don't have that. I'll have a party later on. 
Sometime I'm going to get to have a party. Maybe I'll have a party for my 55th birthday, right? But in the meantime, what can I have that will make it feel special? What can I do today, right now, that would be good for me so that I can have something that's meaningful for my 50th birthday? And he decided that what he wanted to do with his wife and his daughters and his father that was going to feel special. You can start to do that for yourself, Parker, instead of feeling... I think we all sometimes want to throw a tantrum, right? When it's not going our way. But you can talk to yourself and say, yes, what am I feeling right now? I'm feeling frustrated, uh, but what's within my control? I have to accept this is going to happen, so now what can I do? And that, that might help you. I'd love to know if that helps you. Okay, we're running out of time here. Number nine is really important that one of the things that we forget during the holiday time because it's been busy, 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 and now we get to this place where there's a little bit of a break, I want to challenge all of you to incorporate into your schedule, into the bedtime thing, into the middle of your day, wherever you can fit it in, read with your child. And I don't care how old your child is. If you have a 32-year-old who reads books, decide on a book to read together to discuss. Read with your child. Almost everything that you are working on with your child, whether they're very young, a teenager, or an adult, almost everything that you're working on can be strengthened through reading and listening skills. So it might be that you have a baby and you are reading to them. It might be that you have a child who's a pre-reader and you're reading three words and then pointing out a word and having them sight read that word, right? It might be that you have an older child and they read a page and you read a page or that your child is reading just to you or you're reading the same book side by side. It does not matter. So many of the things that you want can be worked on by reading together and when appropriate, discussing what was read together. Please, please, please take a time during the break to put that into, have that be part of your tradition that when we have time, we read together. You won't be sorry. And then our last tip here is to play what your child is playing. And that means with or without them. So if your child is obsessed right now with a doll, I want you to find time to play with that doll. It can be with them. It can be when they've gone to bed. Find out what it is that your child loves about that doll and play with that doll. Then see if you can play with them. If your child is obsessed with their phone, find out what games they're playing on their phone. Put it on your phone. Play those games. You, Stan Kurtz told me to do this and I learned so much. You will learn so much about your child and how your child likes to play, and then it becomes a way to, what's my word of the season? Connect. It becomes a way to connect what they're passionate about. You will have a greater understanding. You will learn about your child, and you might find that you're passionate about it too, or that you find what it is that's really making them excited. Once you play a game that they're playing, you know, If they're playing a game on their VR, on their gaming system, play it. If you need to, play it when they go to bed to try it out first, but eventually the goal is to play it with them. Um, And that is an amazing thing during the, the break because then you've got something to connect together. You might find that you want to sit and play the video game with them. That is time well spent because that is connection. And I really am all about the connection right now. So those are my tips. Uh, You know, if I could do 25 more, I would say to you guys, hello, Helen. Uh, If I could do 25 more, you know, I would include things like be kind to yourself, up the self-care, model the self-care, right? But uh, I wanted to keep it to 10 things. And I thought that those were the most, the 10 most important things to be able to survive breaks. But I go back to that first one, you guys. It's the basis for everything. Utilize everything you already have. Maximize every single therapy and and therapeutic thing that you already have in place. Don't cancel those. 
everybody cancels during the holiday thing. And I'm like, it's the very thing that will help you the most. So don't cancel those. All right. I love you all. I will tell you honestly that Dr. Doreen Grampiche, she's back in the country now. She was out of the country for 10 days. She's back in the country, but she is speaking tomorrow at a autism conference in Philadelphia. And and we just were waiting to hear what her schedule is to see if she's going to be able to join us live in the morning. So tune in tomorrow. She might be live from that conference uh, or she might not be. I don't know as of this moment. But I can tell you that on Wednesday and Thursday, we've got amazing stuff going on. Uh, Why can't I think who's on Wednesday? We have guests on Wednesday. I just can't think who it is. Do you know, Traven? And then uh, I think we have two guests on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we have Moira for Let's Talk Movies. She and I are going to be talking about a bunch of new movies. Boy, there's so much coming out uh, soon, but we're going to be talking about that. But I cannot remember who's Wednesday. Traven's going to tell me right now. Oh, for heaven's sake, how could I have forgotten? So Leo Bird is going to be with us on Wednesday, and he is... Uh, a wonderful artist and uh, a speaker and a stand-up comedian on the spectrum. And Maya Sunderberg is going to be with us again. She said she's got something new and fabulous that she wants to share with us. So they're both going to be with us. Uh, I think it's Sender Meyer. I think I just said her name wrong. Uh, but we're thrilled. And, and her uh, her blog, I believe, is Hello World and her podcast. So can't wait to have both of them here with us. And then again, don't forget... Uh, on Thursday, it's Let's Talk Movies. And we think, fingers crossed, we think we have a new version of uh, Stories from the Spectrum to share with you on Friday. So I'll tell you more about that as the week goes on. I so appreciate you guys. Uh, You're at the top of my list for grateful, grateful to have this time for you guys. We're going to sign off now, but we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save.